Hey, thanks for clicking on the button. Appreciate you. Please hit like and share with your friends. Also, if you have not subscribed, please do. Today I'm with Dr. Jennifer Flagar. We're going to cover her new book, where you can find it. She's doing the Flag Med thing, which is phenomenal. She's also got a yoga studio. She's got so many things going on and a great attitude and some really good insight. We got into some things that are right up my alley, getting into cold exposure, sauna exposure, and attitude, all that stuff. So a really great one. Again, please subscribe. Please share with friends. Y'all ready for this? Welcome to the Dan DeVerna Podcast, where we talk about business, life, and how to win it both. Are you dealing with much of the COVID stuff? Like, do you see a lot of patients with COVID or is it like dwindled or what's your... It's slowing down. Yeah. It, it is. Um, seeing a lot of the post COVID fatigue in my integrative medicine office. So trying to combat that also, um, you know, some people have adverse reactions to the vaccine. So a little bit of both and trying to just get people's energy back after COVID-19 after having that it's similar. It's, I mean, people think it's this crazy thing in pandemic, but it's similar to mono Epstein-Barr virus, right? People get that reactivated. Some people get chronic fatigue from that. So we look at all these other viruses and old viruses that we've maybe forgotten about, and they can cause inflammation. They can cause um, fatigue and stuff. So I think it's about just getting the basics and getting your body as healthy as you can. That's my goal. Yeah. Well, isn't that kind of your goal or purpose in in life? I mean, that sounds a little dramatic, but... Right. No, it is. I am very passionate about it. And what it came from was me being in conventional medicine and I loved conventional medicine. I still do for certain things. Mm -hmm. It has its place, but I was, I was a hundred percent conventional medicine and I did my emergency medicine residency. And then I was out in the community at a community emergency room for six years and saw one patient. And I talk about them in the book. It's a true story. I saw them again and again and again. And same complaints. She was going to the GI specialist. She was going to her family medicine doctor. She was taking all the medications and still feeling like crap. Right. And then I started to tell her to do a food journal and, you know, start paying attention to what she eats, how it makes her feel. And so then I, it opened my, my world to integrative medicine and I went back and did a fellowship and, you know, I, I think I mix conventional with alternative medicine together. And I really think it should be the standard of care. I think we should really be looking at the big picture. Yeah. Well, I think for those of us that pay special attention to taking care of ourselves and what we put in our bodies and, and those things, that's definitely what we want to do. And then you've got the other camp and probably doctors that fall on both sides that are like, well, if I can just take a pill for it, right. Like I'll, that just seems way easier. Right. 
Yeah. And you do run into that. Some people, they do just want the pill. They're not ready to work. Right. I mean, as you know, I know you personally, you, you meditate, you do martial arts, you work on your mind and body, but what does it take time? Right. Right. And commitment. So I think it's a happy medium um, with that. And I saw a quote one time that says, you know, we, you don't have time to not meditate. Right. Like you, you need to. And I know when I, put it off or kind of slack on it. If I feel busier, I notice my patience with my kids <laughs> goes down and yeah. I'm, I feel off. So I, I think we can all have excuses, but we need to think about our health. So one thing in my integrative medicine fellowship we learned and they taught us was motivational interviewing, mm. which is, um, so I would ask you, Hey Dan. Um, so you come to me, you're like, I want to lose weight, right? Yeah. Give me a pill. Give me right. Adipex, right? <laughs> which which is like a stimulant and, and awful. And everyone gains their weight back. Do you know Adipex? Uh, no, I'm not familiar. So it's a drug that I believe it's FDA approved for weight loss. But um, a lot of family practices doctors are giving out because I have patients come to me and they're like, I don't want to be on this. But you lose the weight quickly. It's it's like Adip- it's um, like um like an Adderall stimulant, you know, it, it suppresses your, you don't want to eat. It suppresses your, your need, your appetite. So, um, but anyway, so you come to me and you're like, I want to lose weight. I'm like, so Dan, why do you want to lose weight? Well, I mean, I'm just heavier than I should be and I'm kind of tired and I don't feel like I'm sleeping all that well. I don't think you need to lose weight. Yeah, no, I get it. Right. But if we're having that conversation, yeah. cause I am a recovering fat guy. I mean, at oh, one point yeah. I was 70 pounds heavier, at least 60 pounds heavier than I am now. Right. Like 60, 70 pounds. That's a lot. So, I was no taller. Right. Either. Yeah. And you worked hard at it. So, yeah, it's a process. so I would, and I would be like, okay, you want to move better. Is that, do you want to, do you move with your children? Do you want to move with your grandchildren? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I, I want to be able to kind of keep up with them for a while longer. You know, my youngest son is doing martial arts and, you know, I'm doing, trying to keep up with him and this is what's, what's happening. And I see the gap getting bigger and bigger. And that's what I remember like thinking about just the way I felt was just like horrible, Mm -hmm. horrible. I mean, it was in the way I ate is just kept making it like a vicious cycle. Right. Like, so you'd yes. start eating good and then you'd eat bad. And then you're like, ah, screw it. I already ate bad today. So I may as well, right. it's Friday. And then I went Friday and I rolled into Saturday and then I rolled into Sunday. And for, you know what, it's Monday and you feel even worse and disappointed in yourself on top of everything else besides feeling like crap. Right. Yeah. I mean, so falling off the wagon is good and bad because then you realize, oh gosh, that food does make me feel bad, you yeah. know? Um, but, but yeah, so I would, for so motivational interviewing, you talk with the patient or, I mean, you could try this with family, you know, why do you want to lose weight? Why do you want your blood pressure to, you know, be decreased? Yeah. Because if you, if you motivate them, because what do doctors do? They talk at patients. They say, you need to lose weight you need to lose 20 pounds. Right. That's not, that's not. And sometimes the doctor needs to lose 60 pounds and he's telling you that you need to lose 20 pounds. And it's kind of a, uh, you know, a little different message there. Uh, Absolutely. (laughs) Do as I say. Yes. And one, that's one thing is you have to set an example. I mean, I, 
like on my Instagram, I share like what I eat for dinner. You know, if I do have a treat, I work my movement every day. I think we do have to set an example for like me, for my patients, but also my children, because your children model you. And I think that we get stuck and we see this in generations, you know, in the emergency room, I'll see morbidly obese parents and then their kids are obese already at age like eight. Mm -hmm. And the, oh my gosh, the complications of fatty liver is, is horrible. It is basically surpassing alcoholic cirrhosis, fatty liver cirrhosis from, from food is surpassing the need for liver transplants in the United States. That's crazy. Yeah. From high fructose corn syrup. So, you know, I mean, I think planting seeds, you know, with anyone, even even friends, family just say, Hey, like there's a pop that has real sugar in it and not high fructose corn syrup. Mm-hmm. Not that real sugar is good either. Awesome. Yeah. Or Olipop. Have you ever had Olipop? It's like, no. a, it's, it has, um, better sweeteners in it, but it has like prebiotics. So it's good for your gut health. So there's alternatives out there. I think, um, the other thing is, you know, there's disparity with, you know, there's food deserts. So that's the other thing that, you know, I wish that we could work on as a country instead of, you know, promoting fast food and letting, you know, commercials be on TV and advertising to kids and convenient foods, if we could try to fix and get healthy foods to the communities that need it. So all of these things play a role and it's, it's, it's a big problem, unfortunately. And then with, like we were talking about earlier with everyone who was gaining weight over 2020 with this pandemic, you know, and, and now obesity, you know, that is a horrible disease. It's very accepted too. Like it's, right. it's okay. Like we're not judging anybody. We're not, you know, and like that, that too is a problem. So I'm here with Dr. Jennifer Flagar. We're going to talk about her book a little bit. We're talking about health stuff before we go on, like to the next subject. I have like just a weird thing that I've thought about for literally for years that I'm going to ask you and put you on the spot. Okay. So why (laughs) is it when I eat something bad for me, the part of how great it's going to taste is like a glowing, like, oh my gosh, it's this huge, awesome idea. And the idea a a couple hours later or the next day of me feeling like absolute dog crap for an extended period of time is forgotten so quickly. Right, right. (laughs) So I feel like I'm thinking of like my my turtle Sunday from Mr. Freeze, which is open now. Yes. I'm like, that's a huge, oh my gosh, I want to have that. Literally, as I finish the last bites, I feel like crap. already like that quick, which means a lot of things probably, but but how is that happening? Well, it's a few things. So it could be the emotional tie to foods, right? I mean, it is. So, um, you know, holidays are centered around food. So there's this whole emotional aspect to food and, and feeling good. And then there's also like serotonin and dopamine rush when you eat the food, right? Mm -hmm. So you're eating that bread and the serotonin is going crazy and all these neurotransmitters, um, and, and it calms you down. So in that aspect, like I have a friend who she's like, I just feel so calm when I eat carbs and bread. So a few things you could have, a intestinal dysbiosis where you're feeding yeast, you know, your, your body's asking for it cause your, your gut health's messed up. 
and your gut health could be messed up and not producing enough serotonin, that, that good feeling in that bread is, is bringing that out, you know, when it's getting broken down. So I think it's, it's a bunch of things. So, I mean, we, as, as humans, we crave sugar, right? So the caveman, if there was like a thing like a bush of berries, they would eat it all at once. They wouldn't be like, I'm going to save this. That's too much sugar. We're always going to crave sweet. Our brain is going to crave sweet. It lights up different parts of our brain and it's, it's in scarcity. It used to be right. So we're always, if there's a donut and an apple, well, like, or a donut and a thing of broccoli, right? Yeah. Our our brain's going to be like, eat the donut, eat the donut. But then we're going to be like, no, I'm going to feel bad. Like I know it's sugar in my body. Like my brain like wants that, but the broccoli is better and I'm going to feel better. So I think it's hard because we're kind of fighting that. And that's something that's kind of built in just because sugar is an instant, you know, rush of calories of energy. Right. Mm -hmm. So that plays a part that you want to go there. Um, you know, the memory, it could mean that something's off like nutritional. Okay. So I know that when my magnesium is low, I crave chocolate. Like I'll be like, I am craving chocolate. Right. And some women crave chocolate, you know, before certain times of the month. Well, there's a lot of magnesium in chocolate. Mm. So when I notice that, you know, you, you got to listen to your body. I'm like, Oh, I really crave chocolate, then I'll take some extra magnesium and then my cravings will kind of go away over the next day or two. So it could be nutritional deficiencies. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, our bodies are really, are they really cool? So say you're like, I am craving sugar. Are you craving sugar? Are you craving like a calm? Are you craving, are you stressed? Is your cortisol raging? So you want, so I think, um, you know, and not to say like, I like the 80, 20 rule. So Mm -hmm eat good 80% of the time and then go to Mr. Freeze and, you know, get your turtle sundae, but maybe get it with almond milk. Mm -hmm. They have almond milk ice cream now. So then that, that, then a little less inflammation because that dairy is kind of, I think that's the thing for me, but I was curious because is it just me that's that like that or is no. that like literally everybody's kind of got that yeah they're fighting that battle every day yeah kinda. well it, you fight the battle until it's like more of a habit um yeah. and like i said it could be nutritional deficiencies it could be um you know health starts in the gut our gut health is so important and if it's off balance if we're not digesting correctly if we're on medications that affect the acid the acid um production in there then we're not digesting foods properly i mean um the gut brain connection has really been discussed a lot lately. It's nice that it's becoming more mainstream, but you know, if, if our microbes are not balanced in our gut, then it's going to affect our mood. It's going to affect, you know, cravings, Mm -hmm. a lot of things. So I, you are not alone. I'm the same way. And usually for me, it's, um, and it could be blood sugar stabilization. You know, if you're dipping down a little bit, um, you could be like, oh my gosh, I need sugar. I need it right now. And then you eat it, but then you crash and you feel like crap. So, um, blood sugar regulation is important too. Um, you know, which a lot of these are genetic, but it's also, um, if you're not eating enough fat, you know, and you're not staying stable. Um, I wore a continuous glucose monitor for four weeks and it was really cool because you just scan it, you know, and you know, diabetics have them, but there it's a great biohacking tool for just someone like you and me that just wants to find out how your body, cause you could eat a banana and be fine. And I could eat a banana and my glucose spikes and then it goes down Mm. really fast. And what you want is you want to be steady all day. Right. Yeah. Um, because when we get moody and stuff like hangry, that's your blood sugar going up and down. Right. We eat a huge lunch 
right? of crap. Of and then crap. you're like, you feel amazing for like eight minutes. And then <laughs> yes. the next hour you're like, it's nap time. Reaching for or the coffee. Of, yeah, for sure. Reaching for the candy bar. Absolutely. Yeah. And it happens a lot. Like, like in my office or, you know, in the emergency room, I'll ask people what they eat and they'll do a 24 hour diet for me. And we talk about that and, and, you know, when they get hungry, their cravings and stuff. But I remember in the ER, I had someone that literally she was going through, she like had a hypoglycemic episode and she, she's like, I have reactive hypoglycemia. And I'm like, what that is, is just your blood sugar. You don't have any metabolic flexibility. Your blood sugar is just going up and down, right? Mm -hmm. it, it can't steady itself out. And I asked her what she ate while she was at work. And she was like, donuts from the vending machine, chips from the vending machine, like everything, like a candy bar from the vending machine. Yeah. And I'm like, you can't like, you can't eat just vending machine food. It's not processed for yeah. your body. You'll have a vending machine body well, if you eat all true. vending machine food, right? Like it's kind right. of, yeah. But. And not just the outside. I mean, yeah, the outside appearance is good, but the inside, like what's actually going on inside is important too. Uh, probably more important, more, really. Right. You yeah, know? there's a big focus on outside appearance. Sure. But, but when you get the blood work or the functional test, you're like, whoa, we really got to work on this. So you can have good longevity and feel good when you're 80, right? Because it's not about extending life, you know? Like, we like to think, oh, we want to live long. No, you want to live well. Right. I yeah. think that's a big focus. Oh, yeah. No, and we're seeing more and more people doing that too. I mean, right, like yeah. my grandpa's 97, you know, Aww. and he still once in a while gets in his car and goes somewhere and yeah. lives by himself and he's up and down stairs and doing all that stuff at 97 years old, very lonely existence during the COVID times. Right. But nonetheless, if, it, if things were a little more normal, it's, you know, 97 and still has a reasonable quality of life. You yeah, know? that's amazing. I mean, yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty great. So, so let's, let's get to the book. So yeah. you've been, tell us a little bit more about yourself, like your background and really how, like, was like the childhood dream to become a doctor or like, how did that develop and happen? Cause that's, you know, that's a commitment, the likes of which I've never seen right. <laughs> to have yeah. that kind of like stick to itiveness that I'm going to start this here and end this this long is a big deal. Yeah. Obviously. So I'm the first doctor in my family. And I remember my grandpa had open heart surgery and he was just like, I loved my grandpa so much. And we were in the hospital and he was okay. And, and the doctor came out to speak with us. And I'm like, I want to be a doctor. Like, I remember like, that was the point. I'm like, I want to help people like he saved, you know, my grandpa, which with integrative medicine, I probably, if I would have known back then, I would have been like, change this and this and this. Sure. But, um, but yeah, so that was it. And I, you know, went through undergrad and really felt a good calling, um, for this and, and a calling from God to, to do medicine. And still I feel called to speak the truth and, and help people. So I did emergency medicine and I worked at a community ER for six years. And, and then I looked at my husband, I'm like, I have to go back and do integrative medicine fellowship. I, I think that there's just conventional medicine is just not working long-term. It's just, I am not seeing it working this, you know, have a diagnosis, treat it with a drug that I learned in medical school that all doctors learn that we're, that's it. We're told them like, there has to be something more. So I did, it's Dr. Wiles. Um, it was his fellowship is kind of like the father of integrative medicine. And mm -hmm. I met him and his, his fabulous, it, it was great. So 
Then I opened up my practice. Um, and then someone from my fellowship, he's an ER doctor too, Dr. Lars um, Thesrup, who wrote the book with me. And we also had someone, a fitness expert on there too. And we just wanted a book that was very broad, very easy to read that anyone could pick up and at least just make four simple changes. Cause we, we believe that, you know, there's four pillars in health, you know, mm -hmm. that everyone, I think people get overwhelmed. So, you know, you're watching people on YouTube or Instagram on the news and they're like, do this diet, do this or change this yeah. or do the sauna, you know? And I think that we get ahead of ourselves a little bit and we need to like, just focus on the basics. Right. Mm -hmm. So movement is one of the pillars, sleep, good sleep, good movement, and then meditation or breath work. Okay. So that is just the, if you, if you work on like one of the four pillars, like, you know, each month, then you can get a good foundation for your health. Um, you know, and why we pick these is because food is medicine. Mm -hmm. Um, I just, you, you can't, you know, abs are made in the kitchen. You're trying to get that body you yeah, want. For sure. You could work out five hours a day. And if you're not eating right, it's probably not going to happen. Yeah. You hear all these like, well, 80% of this or this, but everyone that knows tells you that what you're putting in your body is even more important than the workout. Right. Like, right. Like you're mm -hmm. not going to get six pack if you're feeding your body donuts all the time. Right. Like that's just not part of the process. Right. Or excess calories or, yeah. you know, yeah, you need to, you need to definitely work in the kitchen and then sleep. I, it's one of the questions I ask as an intake for my integrative medicine patients. And a lot of people do not sleep well. Right. And sleep is so important. So there's something called lymphatics where our brain has its own lymphatic system yeah. that moves all the crap out and like the amyloid plaques they're thinking. So with dementia and stuff, you know, it's sleep's important. Um, you know, our attention during the day, our hormone production, um, our autophagy, how we kind of clean up our, our body and the debris, right? So if we don't mm -hmm. sleep well, we're not taking out the garbage at night. Right. So a lot of, a lot of people aren't sleeping well. And that, that's another stress on the body too. For sure. I mean, sleep deprivation, that's like the greatest form of torture, right? Right. Well, like, we talked about use. that, like, yeah. and we adjusted, like we kind of talked about it and you said, Hey, well, maybe you stop eating at a certain time. So like, that's been a gift. So my sleeping is up expedient. Like I probably sleep on average two hours longer Good. than when I met you. Good. And I think the biggest thing to attribute that to is I don't eat after 8 PM mm -hmm. almost ever. Mm -hmm. That's good. And so not eating later. I, I don't know if that's the only thing I also eat better, but not eating late gives me like, what, I don't know what that even does. I just know, like we mentioned, you mentioned it. Mm -hmm. like, and then we, end, I ended up doing other things too, but yeah. like why not eating? Does that just give my body the ability to like process it? And then it doesn't have to worry about that overnight or right. I, I don't even know. Well, how it's it. not working and um, everyone's different. It could be your cortisol spike. You know, if you're eating a healthy dinner and then your blood sugar is just stable all night. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people, you know, if they're eating or drinking alcohol late at night, then that affects their, their deep sleep. So, sure. so yeah, I think that for everyone, a 12 to 13 hour overnight fast minimum. Okay. Then you really need that for like rest and digest for, for your intestinal tract. If you're always trying to like, 
snacking all day and gearing up that it doesn't get time to rest. Right. Your, your, your system, your gut needs time to rest. So it, it's really important that overnight fast, um, you know, I tell people 12 hours minimum, um, a lot of, you know, oncology doctors say 12 to 13, you know, you need that fast overnight. So yeah, sleep is key. And, and, you know, sometimes it's like kind of silly stuff. Like you have your cat or dog in the room you know, and they're sleeping with you yeah. and they're waking you up all the time. Sure. And, you know, so, so it's a, it's different things. Um, you know, so we go into that in, in the book and then movement and we're not talking like CrossFit or, you know, you can just mm -hmm. go on a 30 minute walk every day. Yeah. Um, if you're going to do a walk after dinner is amazing because it kind of helps stabilize your, your sugar level. So that thing's loud, huh? Are you picking that up? You're not? Okay, oh, good. Awesome. What is it? Yeah. I, I think it's fine. Something's blow. Some, I'm, I thought it was something blowing. It's fine. It's not bothering me. Okay. I was just checking with him. He <laughs> yeah, took his yeah. earphones off and stuff. I wanted to make sure that we're good. Because th that's the nice thing of the way this is set up like this yeah. is it's kind of doesn't. Yeah, the outside doesn't. stuff doesn't mm -hmm. get picked yeah, up so much. That's sweet. It's dealing with professionals instead of my, right. you know, right. my little peanut brain over here like going oh my god you're like what is <laughs> yeah yeah exactly so yeah so it's interesting so like maybe hit on a couple other like i mean the sleep thing's a big deal the eating but the move when you talk about the movement like i think people naturally think like they have to be like i'm a martial arts guy or i'm a, or somebody's a crossfit person or whatever but yeah just if you didn't used to walk and you started going for walks, yes. like how big of a deal does that make? I mean, it's significant. So right? big. Yeah. And movement. And especially like with COVID, when people get COVID, you know, don't just lay in bed. You have to get up and move a little, move that lymph system. Our body is meant to move and walking, you know, it's easy on the joints. Um, you go out in nature, that would be even better to take a walk in nature. Mm -hmm. But, but yeah, I mean, weights is important too, though. So women and men, you know, over 40, I say you need to lift a couple times a week. So yeah. we want to battle sarcopenia, which is as you grow older, your muscles, you know, you have some, you can have muscle wasting. So we want to, we don't want that. We want to combat that because it's, it's really important to be able to get up out of a chair, push yourself up, you know, all of that stuff. Sure. As you age, like you said, your grandfather is probably really active. Very active. Yeah. So, yeah. so you, you have to, you know, and that's what you see if you look at like the blue zones of longevity where people live into their nineties, no problem. You know, they, they move every day. So, you know, gardening is moving housework. So I think, you know, we need to get, get less sedentary. And unfortunately a lot of us are working from home. So everyone's sitting, you know, at home. So you could keep a kettlebell next to your desk and every hour do like, 15 squats or 25 squats. Like that's another thing. You don't have to like get super sweaty and do an hour workout. You can do little things like I'm going to walk on my lunch break. I'm going to do, you know, 10 kettlebell swings every hour, you know, something like that. So I think we kind of, we're, I'm going to stretch. I'm going to take a 10 minute stretch break, you know, yeah. cause I'm sitting, you know, all the time. So I think we, we think it's really complicated, but it's not. So we just need to be like, I'm going to move every day. I'm going to make sure. Well, don't you think overcomplicating it is an easy way to not do it? Yes, absolutely. Like, like yes. I think I, Tony Robbins talks about this thing where he's like, yeah, the lady wants to work out and first she's going to do it with her friends, but 
they have the same problem she has. And so decided not to do that. So she starts looking for the perfect personal trainer and he's like, just run, like oh. stop. Like you don't need yeah. to do yeah. like figure out the perfect thing. You can start by just moving. Right. And then if you need a personal trainer at some point, you, you can find yes. it. But, but just to just move, get going instead of being paralyzed by all the possibilities of the ways that you could move. Right. Just get up. And, and walk, go for walk. a walk, yeah, go, go, for for a, stroll. go for a stroll. And the, and the weather is turning. It's really nice. Yeah. You know, it's, I like walking when it's cold out. I too. do too. You I wrap like, up, yeah. get some cold therapy or don't wrap up. I would pull my kids around the sled in my sports bra and shorts. My neighbors probably think I'm weird, but yeah, that was my, a little weird. That was my That's cold okay. therapy. I'm like, I'm getting my cold therapy yeah. and my exercise in. Right. But, I, but yeah, I mean, dancing, what about dancing? So absolutely. Every, people watch dancing with the stars, right? Why do they lose so much weight? Cause it's like the perfect fat burning, you know, activity. Right. So put on some music, dance with your kids, be silly, mm -hmm. like have fun. I, I mean, I think movement we over, like you said, we overcomplicated. I so think that's great. Go back to the outside in your sports bra with the kids in the cold. What is the, about the cold? I'm not talking about you doing it and the people seeing you. I'm talking about what is it about the cold? Because like I'm a huge Wim Hof fan yes. and I take cold showers. Yes, me too. And I, and it has changed the way I live. A, when you get out of there, you're awake, like mm -hmm. awake, like, like, like it's the middle of the day. It's awake. refreshing. And then yeah. the other thing is my adjustment, my acclimation. I think that's the right word to the cold yeah. is unbelievable. So I can walk outside. You put a stocking cap on me in a t-shirt. As long as it's not like below freezing, mm -hmm. it's not a problem. Mm -hmm. Like I'm not cold, like almost ever. Right. Yeah. So since it's I really started, weird. it is because since I started doing cold showers, like it was funny, I was outside like with a friend and she was like shivering and I was like in less clothes than her. And I was like, fine, you know, yeah. so it's horm it's cold, cold thermogenesis, cold therapy. Um, it's a, it's a sort of hormesis. Okay. So hormesis is stressing the body a little bit to kind of make it better. Okay. Mm -hmm. So you don't want to do like, um, saunas or cold therapy and stuff. If you're healing from like an autoimmune disease or you have some major like health crisis. So sometimes like I'll work with patients and I'm like, no, we gotta, we gotta do baby steps with you. We don't yeah. want to stress you too much, you know, but, um, for someone, you know, for people like us that, you know, we're in a healthy state, it, mm -hmm. it's great. So, so yeah, I would lay in snow and it's fun. Well, look at kids, right? Kids right. like don't get cold. My yeah. son goes out with like Crocs on and no gloves and it's freezing out and, um, kids, you know, they, they go in the snow to the hot tub. My kids do that a lot. Yeah, and they're resilient. Yes. They so don't seem to care. Yes. Well, it's building resilience, yeah. right? We get kind of weak. Our mitochondria get kind of sluggish, you know, as we age. So that's kind of like the biohacking way to kind of not fight aging, but just help with longevity. So on the other end, the sauna thing, which mm -hmm. huge fan of the sauna, mm -hmm. but is that the same? I mean, obviously it's the opposite end of the spectrum, mm -hmm. but is it? Is it's good. That, that, why is it good? Yeah. So it's, it's like another way that you can kind of stress the body for hormesis. Um, infrared sauna also just has good benefits. So I really like infrared sauna when you're sweating, it's a form of detoxing. So we have different ways to detox our body and sweat is really great. All kinds of things come out in your sweat. So if I give you $5,000 and you get to put a sauna at your house, mm -hmm. are you going infrared or are you going traditional? Infrared. 
For sure. Yeah. Low EMF infrared for sure. hundred percent. Why is that? Like why? Cause you're speaking ha- a language that I don't really like. It just has other benefits where it kind of penetrates the skin. <laughs> so it's a different spectrum of light and it gives other benefits and it really helps like detox and sweat more than just a traditional heat sauna. But if you don't have a sauna at the house or no room, or it's a little bit expensive right now, right. what you can do like Epsom salt baths, you can you know put some Epsom salts, um, just plain, no, no fragrance or anything gross. Cause a lot of them have fragrance. Oh, most of them anymore. Yeah. You have have Costco, Cause I do that. So buy them at Costco. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I think and I've they, only seen fragrant like anymore. Co- right. Like almost all of them have some yes. kind of a lavender yeah. or. And I'm like, I, it's defeating yeah. the point of your detoxing bath having. Oh. Yeah, my parents got one with fragrance and I was like, mm. why? And they're like, so I'll have to buy them some oh, from Costco. Yeah. yeah so always have to read the ingredients. Yeah. Cause that's just, you know, it's just more just crap Stuff. for your body to have to detox and go through your liver. But, wow. but yeah, an Epsom salt bath, if you get it pretty hot, um, and then you're sweating and you know, it's, it's a good way for detox. That's, that's one of the daily detox things that, you know, you should be doing along with movement, you know, drinking clean water, eating well. So, and that's then, awesome. um, so breath work, you do, yeah. you do meditation and breath work, right? Yeah, yeah, for sure. You do it a lot. I do it every day. Yeah. yeah. Like how long, sure. how long is your uh, average? It depends. I, anymore, I feel like I get the, I can, it takes me a very short period of time to get to where it used to take me long to get into to it. Get yeah. into the, like mm-hmm. the place, like <clears throat> I have this place and I recognize it. Like I know when I'm there, it's hard to say like right. it, I guess if I had a heart rate monitor I'd be yeah. like okay well I know what it takes for me to get my heart rate to 150 mm-hmm. but like the in this there's a mark and I it's like kind of visual but kind of mental mm-hmm. and I just know that there and it's like maybe not even five minutes sometimes oh that's great but it used to be I mean I've meditated for three hours with no movement before wow, when, when we great. started martial arts uh with sensei hurt sellers we had to meditate to move up in rank. Okay. So we started with like 15 minutes and then, and we meditate at the beginning of every martial arts class. So it would be 15 minutes. And then as you would move up in rank, Mm -hmm. you would have to do sit for a certain period of time with no movement. Wow. That's great. Yeah. It's really great, but you know, it's, I'm not saying that's excessive. It's really good. I'm just like, you don't, when you tell somebody I meditate for that long, like that's to, I haven't done that. I haven't done that in right. like years. So to I- explain that, like, I want to make sure, like if you can meditate for two to five minutes, like it'd be like going out and running. Mm-hmm. Like it's, ex- it's kind of exactly like that. Like, would you expect to be able to go out and run a 5k effectively if you haven't run in years? Right. I, yeah, no. I agree with you. Or, or if you've never run. It's practice. So, the meditation and there's nothing wrong with, with like doing it wrong. Like there is no wrong. Like the process of meditation, the way that I was taught is you close your eyes, you focus on the breath. Suddenly you smell something. You won't be thinking about the breath. You'll be thinking about the pumpkin smell. And now you're thinking of Thanksgiving and you're thinking of your grandma's pumpkin pie. Mm -hmm. And then you realize you're thinking about that. And all you do is come back to the breath. There's like one Mm -hmm. rep. 
yeah. like one curl. Yeah. Like, I, and we'll just do another curl now, you know? Yeah. And, and I agree. I think people get intimidated because they're like, I've tried meditating. I can't do it. And I'm like, you're not going to be good at it. Like nobody's you know, good. at Yeah. It no one's good. Forever. at it. And, and literally you'll keep getting things, you know, like when I teach yoga, I say, you know, welcome the thoughts. They're there for a reason, accept them and then let them go. Like, let them, let them go. So I think, I think that when we look at meditation, yeah, five minutes a day, I, I tell my patients, you know, five minutes a day, try it for a week, try it for two weeks and just see if it makes a difference. Yeah. And it will, I know it will, no matter how good they are at it. Right. And then they'll know that it's, it's a good part. So yeah, meditation and breath work. I think, oh gosh, like I wish, like I did yoga in medical school. I loved the Savasana, you know, where you're kind of laying yeah. there and meditate. And then the yoga hot you get, it's because the meditation, right? Yeah. And, and then I just, I, I wish that I would have meditated throughout, you know, I wish someone would have told me this is good for you. Like we talk about like physician wellness and resident, but no one is like, just meditate five minutes a day. I know you're busy, but it will help you concentrate. It will help your resilience. Um, so that's a little frustrating to me. I didn't yeah. really meditate until I did my, my fellowship and it was life changing. I mean, that fellowship was, and we had amazing guides, um, helping us meditate. I remember I signed up for a meditation session because they had sessions each morning and the week that we were there in Arizona. And I was really intimidated because it was an hour long. And, you know, we, we did a guide, a loving kindness one for 30, 30 minutes. We all sat there, you know, and, and it, it feels so good. Like it's done. And you're like, that was 30 minutes. Right. That was amazing. Um, so I think people starting out, we give in the book, there is a lot of, um, different ways that you can meditate for starters, some moving meditations. Cause some people, they can't just sit down and meditate. They want to get up and go. And I'm like, well, there's moving meditations. Mm -hmm. You can do movement first and then try to meditate. Mm -hmm. So everyone's different. So that's, you know, that's why there's different options for everyone. And just start out slow, but yeah, we can't afford to not meditate, especially with all this underlying stress. Oh, it's insane. If our country, yeah, literally like everyone that comes in, everyone's just feeling it. And it's, it's so sad. It's, it's really sad. And and we thought this book would be good timing because it's like, these are things you can do at home and perfect timing. Really. I mean, this is like, whether you focus any part of that, like you could talk for hours about any of those four things. They really are extremely foundational in the way that we live. And, and the meditation it can be just a little bit like it's kind of like hitting that reset button. That's the way I explained it. Like there's, there's an easy button, that commercial, Mm -hmm. like hit the easy button. I just like some days it's just not an awesome day, like so far and it's nine o'clock in the morning and I've been up for four or five hours because I wake up super early, but all of a sudden you're like, hold on, like just go close the door. I actually have a meditation bench in my office Good. and I just like unfold the legs and nobody even knows what that thing is. Like mm-hmm. if sometimes somebody will ask me, they're like, what is that thing for? It looks like a little prayer pew thing, but I'll just sit with the, sit with that in just a couple minutes. And then it's like, okay, we just got to restart the day. 
Like it's pretty important. Yeah. And that goes back to our sympathetic and parasympathetic balance. So the fight or flight or rest and digest. And when you're stuck in that fight or flight, when you're just, you know, and and this can happen so easily. You wake up, watch the news, you have alerts on your phone for the news, Instagram, you know, you're just bombarded with all this stress all day. That is not good for your body. They're never sharing good news with you. Right. Like almost never. Is it like, hey, yeah. let's celebrate. Well, Look I, what Jen did. Dr. Jen did this. Well, you know? I don't Ooh. I don't watch the news and you know, it's been like, I don't watch it. So the way I get my news is like I'll have people like send me it, like, did you see this? So, I mean, that's my theory. If it's important enough, someone will tell me, right? Yeah, I, I mean, but, but yeah. And, and another thing is, um, when you t- think, talk about sleep and fight or flight, why do people watch like horror films before they go to bed? Right. Or, you <laughs> know, know. And, and stuff like that, because you're, when you go to sleep, you kind of dream about what you're thinking that like half yeah, an hour no, before. Yeah. Well, no, it's so common. <laughs> like, you know, those shows are on TV and I mean, my poor husband, cause I'll be like, I don't want to watch like anything with like violence in it or like anything crazy. I just want to watch like a comedy or a reality show. Yeah. So, um, I, you kind of have to change because if you're, if you're scared or, you know, if you're going to bed and you're, you're not safe. Um, another thing with sleep and not feeling safe, childhood trauma, um, you know, or abuse or any sort of trauma or emotional trauma and that can be resolved. So yeah, uh, yeah, it's, it, there's so much with, how we function and stress. And, uh, I feel like the last year really brought a lot of that out, unfortunately. And yeah. So you're seeing, so you've got like, your job is a big one. Like obviously as a doctor, it's a big one, but you do the ER thing, Mm -hmm. but you're also doing the flag med thing. Like, tell Mm -hmm. us a little bit more about what you're trying to accomplish there. Like why, why you brought it into existence. And, and also because we're seeing less people that are interested in traditional medicine. So we definitely want to kind of get the word out. Yeah. So how people could find you if they are kind of drinking what you're drinking, the Kool-Aid that you're, you're selling. <laughs> I hope here. it's not Kool-Aid because that yeah, has lots of right. dyes. Yeah, they're right. they're okay. drinking the, the tea. There you go. <laughs> I don't know. Fantastic. Uh, nice pivot. Yeah. Drinking the nice tea, um, the Zen tea. So Phlegmed, so it's in Perrysburg, Ohio, and I practice integrative medicine there. And what I do is just the whole approach to the patient. My intakes are like 45 minutes to an hour. And we go through everything from um, your health as a child, you know, we talk about if, how you were born, if you were cesarean or vaginal birth or breastfed, you know, if we're worried about gut health, um, we go through your diet, sleep, um, you know, your home life. So we talk about, I fi- try to, I have a section where, you know, who do you live with? What do you do for work? Um, how's your home environment? Is it stressful? You know, so any little yeah. thing. So it's really helpful to me to put like, what I do is kind of put all the puzzle pieces together. So uh, sometimes, you know, we'll be like, oh my gosh, it was like a strep infection when you were young, you know, I had a patient and like, we went back and we're like, I'm like, you know, how was your health? Oh, I had, they had strep throat a lot. And, you know, we, we pinpoint stuff to infections or pivots in their life. Like sometimes people's health will crumble if they have a really traumatic event, like a, like a family member dying, like a parent. Mm. And they're like, that is when my, my health problems started. And 
Really, I focus a lot on gut health. I love treating gut health. Gut health is is so important in our everyday health. So stress affects gut health, right? So that's why a lot of the times it could be, oh, I was in the hospital, I was given an antibiotic and then I start, now I have all these autoimmune diseases or they had a stressful event and now they're having issues or hormonal issues, which could be genetics too. So there's genetic SNPs um, or single nucleotide polymorphisms that can cause your, yeah, I know. Oh, I get too crazy. I explain it all. The, the one thing that I love in my office, like my patients will tell you, I like bring out laminated like diagrams of everything. And, you know, so, cause I want my patients to be empowered about their health and actually have a true informed consent and actually know what's going on. So, yeah. yeah so I'm just so passionate about Patients, you know, I was looking at Hippocrates quotes um, yesterday. I was just reading through them and, you know, like the patient should be their physician, right? Mm -hmm. So my goal in like this book or like any resources I put out like on the internet or Instagram or YouTube, right? I really want patients to take their health in their own hands. You know, I am just a guide, you know, and, and I, I'm blessed that I like love to read. I'm a nerd. I love to keep up on everything. And I do prescribe different, you know, medications, botanicals, herbs, supplements, but I, but I am the guide. I mean, my patients that really thrive, they, they've done the work. I am, I'm working with them. You can't care more than they do. Correct. That's a great point. Yeah. You know, I mean, they, they have to care because they're the ones that are going to either do it. And you know, like, probably have a lot of people that sit there and they listen Mm -hmm. and they hear you and then they go out and don't do it. And then you have another group and you know, like you you can tell. They may not be ready. Right. So, and that's the thing is sometimes people aren't ready to hear it, you know, or they're not ready in their season, their journey to actually start, you know, caring for themselves or changing their lifestyle, you know, it's hard. Yeah, it, it is hard work. And yeah. and that's what I tell them. I'm like, I, I give a lot of homework, like books to read, you know, and, and it's okay, even if they're not ready. And I plant that seed when they're ready, you know, I'll be there to help them or, you know, they, they can do it with the information, you know, I help them with. So I, you know, I don't get offended or anything cause we're not all ready. You know, I had Hashimoto's and I was told conventionally there was nothing you could do. And then I read on my own, I, I applied integrative medicine and, you know, I don't have any Hashimoto antibodies now. So I think that you, you really, my patients too are amazing because they're great investigators. So, I mean, you really have to know that you can't put all your trust just in, in a doctor, right? You have to do your research on your own too and work with your doctor. It needs to be more of a relationship. So that's my goal. Like I, I have patients, like they do so, they they do so much investigating Mm -hmm. and they come back to me and we talk about them like, Oh my gosh, I've never heard of that. That's awesome. Um, I'll research it for them with them. You know, we'll do, we'll look into other things. So I, I think it's, looking, looking outside of the box or making my box bigger. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, and I, I think unfortunately, um, a lot of doctors out there, they just, they don't want to, or they're burnt out or they, you know, they don't have time. So it's probably easier to just stay in a box of conventional medicine. Yeah, yeah. it is. And actually my husband and his like, cause I read and study so much, you know, in my free time, cause I'm a nerd. Cause you've got so much free time. 
which we're yeah. going to get to next, well, by the like, way. Like before bed, you know, I'm reading a book, you know, I just, I, I can't get enough of it now that I know that there is other ways I can help patients. I, I just can't get enough of it. And my husband's like, oh, I wish you would have just stayed working in the ER. And I'm like, but this is my calling. I'm supposed to be helping people yeah, this way. I get it. Yeah. So that is, uh, we're almost up against it on time, but I wanted to make sure we touched on, like, you're a very busy person. So like, I'm, I'm always, whenever I'm with high achievers, I'm always curious, like what's driving that train because you're Mm. a mom, a wife, a business owner, an ER doc. I mean, Mm -hmm. still making time to work out, still making time to make snow angels once in a while, play with the kids. Mm -hmm. I, I mean, you're, teaching yoga class, like, like what's like, what's inside there that keeps you moving mm-hmm. in all that, that greater purpose, or I don't know exactly. Yeah. Just to change lives. Like I want to change lives and make people healthier. And my personal story with my Hashimoto's and told that there was nothing I could do for it mm-hmm. really drives my passion to help women with autoimmune diseases and Hashimoto's thyroid problems. Just let them know that they're not alone. Cause I went through it mm-hmm. and that you can make a difference in your health. So yeah, I just don't want people to suffer. It's really, it, it's really big passion of mine to get the word out there that, you know, you can, you can do things yourself and people don't have to suffer. There's so much suffering and I see it in the ER and it just breaks my heart. Yeah. So I, I try to plant seeds. I sprinkle my integrative medicine wherever I go. I try to, to try to make some changes. We got to turn this stuff around. Americans are not healthy. Right. Right. (laughs) And we're seeing that more than, more than ever, really. It's really highlighted. I mean, you know, at the beginning of COVID, everybody said, well, you know, how are you going to come out at the end of COVID? Well, most people didn't stay status quo. They either got a little bit better or they got a little bit worse. Right. So yeah, we're seeing that with, with really everybody, I think. Yeah. So anyways, well, thanks for your time. Thanks, Really appreciate it. It's good good to kind of get a little bit more insight as to all the stuff you're doing. It's always impressive. And the book is is phenomenal. So thank you so much. Awesome. Appreciate it. Good. Products and services using the following business names: Creative Financial Partners, Insurance and Financial Services, Ameritas Investment Company, LLC, AIC, Member FINRA, SIPC, Security Investments, Ameritas Advisory Services, AIS Investment Advisory Services, AIC and AIS are not affiliated with Creative Financial Partners. Products and services are limited to residents of states where the representative is registered. This is not offered securities in any jurisdiction, nor is it specifically directed to a resident of any jurisdiction. As with any security, request a prospectus from your representative. Read it carefully before you invest or send money. A representative will contact you to provide request information. Representative of AIC and AIS do not provide legal or tax advice. Please consult your tax advisor or attorney regarding the situation. Whew. Thanks for watching.